I got the show name wrong. I was going to say Bottom Line IT on the Michigan Business Network because I did that show for like 11 years. But this is not Bottom Line IT. It's Getting a Grip on the Michigan Business Network. Same network, different show, different topic material. I'm Mike Maddox, your host. I'm glad you're listening. I'm glad you're joining us this week. And I'm really excited this week to have as my guest, Aaron Bowden. Aaron is the president of Ames Call Center, a mid-Michigan-based company that I've known for many years. And I've known Aaron for many years. Good friend running on EOS. And we're going to talk about a lot of stuff today. Aaron, welcome to the program. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate uh, having me. No problem at all. I'm glad you could join us. So to get started, Aaron, could you tell the listeners a little bit about Ames, what makes Ames unique, what Ames does if they haven't, if they're not familiar with the company? No, absolutely. So Ames Call Center, we're a 24-7 call center that does virtual receptionist, telephone answering service, call center, customer service support, that type of thing for a number of different companies. We actually began here in Jackson, where our headquarters, back in 1932. My great-great aunt actually started the company as a physician's exchange. So she, out of her home, answered for all the area physicians. And this is, if you think about it, this is before cell phones, it's before yeah. pagers, it's, I mean, it's before anything. So these were switchboard days. These were like, this know, is even pre that Mike, those candlestick phones, she'd have a bunch of those oh. on her table in her living room. So the original entrepreneur right there. So yeah. I, yeah. And I actually drive by her old home on the way to work every day. So it's a great inspiration every time yeah, I drive absolutely. by. Yeah. And a great long history, too. And yeah. you've been running the company for a, quite a while, 20-some years? Well, yeah, I believe I'm on 29. Nine. Probably, if you don't count child labor you know, laws <laughs> back in the day, you know, yeah. sweeping up the parking lot and whatever else needed to be done. But yeah, actively 29 years. Well, congratulations. That's a great heritage story, too. What is it about Ames? Today, you're doing much more than answering candlestick phones <laughs> on a dining room table. Sure. You serve companies all over the country. And tell us what the core value is. I mean, you're taking calls for clients that do not have the bandwidth capacity, time, or expertise to efficiently handle calls. Mm-hmm. But what makes Ames unique in the market? You know, our approach to it, I think the secret sauce of what we do is it's our approach of how we take the state of the art technologies that we use. I mean, let's face it. I mean, everyone has access to pretty much the same technology and, you know, and it's our approach, our people, I think first and foremost, the dedication of our people, and then there are our process, not only our process about how we run the business. And I know we'll talk a little more about EOS and that, yeah. but our approach to how we deliver our service so that We offer a seamless solution for our customers so we can act as an extension of their business and, you know, allow them to get out of the business so they can work on the business. That's really important. It's it's more than having known Ames for many years and watched how you operate and the process that you implement. It's more than if it's after hours or if we're overloaded or we don't have capacity. It's more than somebody's going to at least answer the phone. It's way more than that. It's having people that understand what your client does and what their clients need from that interaction, right? And that doesn't come easy because anybody can answer a call, but not everybody can make that call go well. Right, right. Yeah, the customer service. I mean, I think many of us will agree customer service is a lost art. I mean, any kind of interaction you have with 
in the service realm and things like that, there's a lot of, let's just call it grumpiness out there. And so our team does a great job of representing our customers in a professional manner. And I mean, we're essentially the front door to their business when they're not, you know, representing themselves. So it's something we take a lot of pride in. I couldn't agree more. And I think you're right. It is a lost art. And I think it's getting more and more lost as we go forward. And part of that is, you know, it's hard to find people. It's hard to, and I think a lot of it too, I don't know, I'm just thinking out loud here, but as new generations come up, they're used to digital interaction. So Mm -hmm. the art of the phone conversation has kind of gone by the wayside, but it's still critically important. When we talk about it at Convergence, which listeners know is part of what I do is work for Convergence, an IT company. We talk about the importance of when a customer, there's a customer issue or something that needs discussed, don't send an email. You can follow up with an email, but have a phone conversation, you know, and it's for some of the younger folks on our staff, that's almost like I'm speaking in a different language. They're like, well, why would I do that? Right. Because that's how you develop rapport. And you can also have a bi-directional interaction where you can't do that over email or text or teams even. Yeah, certainly. I think we've embraced, you know, chat, text, you know, voice, email channels, of course, in how we deliver our services. But you're right. I mean, I think, you know, the art of conversation is certainly lost. I mean, speaking with as a father with two teenagers, I can, you know, assure you they'd much rather text than talk. But, uh, you know, I think it's, you know, our approach is, you know, we can meet our customers' needs wherever they're at, whatever channel you know, omni-channel type of communication. However they uh, want to communicate. You guys can support that. Phone, text, chat, email. You're there to be an extension of your client. So Exactly. Awesome. Well, we are out of time in this segment. We've got commercials to get to, and we're going to get to those. And then we're coming back on Getting a Grip. Not Bottom Line IT. That's a whole different podcast. Getting a Grip is the one that I'm doing today and the one that I love to do the most. So we'll be back right after this with Aaron Bowen. Don't go anywhere. Sonair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sonair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sonair.com. Welcome back once again to Getting a Grip. I'm Mike Maddox, your host. This show is dedicated to talking about the entrepreneurial operating system, EOS, what it means for businesses, how it works in businesses, how businesses run it. And my guest this week is Aaron Bowden. And full disclosure, Aaron was one of the first people to tell me about EOS many years ago. And that led to an interest, led to implementing it at a couple different companies, led to becoming a professional implementer. So for my clients out there, you have Aaron to blame for anything I do. But Aaron, I want to hear, and I'm sure our listeners want to hear, how did you discover EOS? And what brought it to your attention and where did it come from for you? Sure. Uh, Absolutely. I'll go into, before I drank the EOS Kool-Aid and shared that with everyone, you know, what first really got me thinking about, you know, this is, you know, I knew that our business needed some sort of help or framework for, you know, how we ran our day-to-day. What we would see is we're, you know, consistently hitting the ceiling where we would, you know, get a new project or grow to a certain extent. And then we would just, you know, three steps forward, 
hit our heads on that ceiling three steps back. And I mean, ultimately what we were doing is burning out our team, taking on clients that weren't really in our core focus and things like that. I mean, we didn't realize it at the time, but you know, as we went through our EOS journey, but really we started what really got me on this journey was went to a owner's forum for a call at a call center group that we belong to, ATSI. And Vern Harnish, who is the author of Scaling Up and Mastering the Rockefeller Habits book, spoke about his program. And, you know, that really intrigued me. That's a great, a fantastic program. I think it's overly complex for the size of company that we are. And I mean, we even tried to self-implement that. And we just fell flat on our face, not our team's fault at all. We just... Yeah. The challenge, Mike, is we just couldn't get off the treadmill of the day-to-day to devote any bandwidth to thinking about implementing something like this. So, you know, that kind of thinking obviously couldn't have been more wrong. I mean, we know that now, but yeah. I mean, we never knew how freeing it would be to get, you know, like I said earlier, out of the business so we could work on the business. So I think the one thing we did retain from the scaling up is we do a daily huddle at 948, a 10-minute daily huddle. We kept that. But, you know, I think, you know, I heard about EOS on a podcast. And then from there, I read the book myself. And I said, you know what? This is it. This hit home. It was approachable. It was powerful. My brothers, who I own the company with, Andy and Ryan, I said, guys, read this book. Yeah, I mean, they got excited instantly after reading the book and we're like, okay, let's do the EOS boy on the website where it's the alignment test. Yeah. yeah organizational so, checkup. Organizational checkup. Thanks. So we did that and you were like, okay, we're going to be pretty close. Right. So, you know, we work together every day yeah. and we have a clear understanding or so we thought, so we took this and I mean, I'm embarrassed. I feel like it was like 17% or a score of 17. It was sobering. I mean, really, here we are. We work together. We're running a successful business with the help of awesome people. I mean, it's really our people, not us. But we were clearly in different directions as to where we thought we were or where we were heading. And so, I mean, EOS was really a compass that kind of got us back on track. I mean, you know, it's allowed us to, you know, be a better place to work, you know, by taking on the right customers, we're serving our customers better, we're serving our people better. I mean, and it's really been transformational. I mean, it's, I don't know what what more to say about that. That is a great way to describe it. And so many of us can relate to that. So I had tried scaling up, I had tried everything Mm -hmm. that Patrick Lencioni's ever written, you know, I had tried Good to great. And I went through that whole period where, you know, I read the books or I saw a speaker or saw a speaker, then read the book, came back, mm-hmm. tried to implement a program and it fell flat on its face. Yeah. And honestly, my biggest fear when we implemented EOS at ASK, our company here in Lansing, was that the team would see it as, oh, Mike went to a conference. This is another thing we're <laughs> going to try. And there was some of that. But once the leadership team saw what it could do and how Mm -hmm. encompassing the program was and how incredibly beautifully simple it was, it's simple in concept, but it's not easy to implement and get into the business. It takes Mm -hmm. some work and some change. They caught it, right? So it was like self-propelled. But for a while, I think there was trepidation. Mm -hmm. And it was because we tried a million different things. The same thing, I can also relate with your description of the organizational checkup. I mean, we're a successful business. We were doing well. 
we were not aligned. I mean, we scored like about that same realm of what you scored. And I was like, yeah. I was shocked. I thought my leadership yeah. team meetings were great. And we rated those and realized, oh man, they're not good. Like we talk about a lot of stuff, but we're not solving anything. Like we're really not getting to the root. So right. I can share your experience. And I think many EOS companies out there listening to us have had the same experience. So great to hear your perspective on it. And I'm glad sure, you sure. found it because as I said, you were one of the people that pointed me toward it. And my life became better because of it. So we're going to come back after this and get a little bit more into the details of EOS, a few things, a few of the tools and what they've meant to Ames and to Aaron and talk through that. So don't go anywhere. You are listening to Getting a Grip on the bottom line IT on the Michigan Business Network. Man, I can't stop doing it. We'll be back after this. And supplies. At DBI, we do office and have been exceeding our customers' expectations since 1984. DBI is celebrating its 30th anniversary as a premier office supply and furniture dealer in mid-Michigan. DBI offers more products and services than any other office supply and furniture dealer in mid-Michigan. Find out what DBI can do for your office at dbis.com. Welcome back to, and I'm going to get it right this time, Getting a Grip on Michigan Business Network. For listeners of the program, you'll probably know I used to do for many, many years a podcast called Bottom Line IT, and for some reason it's stuck in my head. And so when we come back from break or go to break, I keep saying, welcome to Bottom Line IT. This is not Bottom Line IT, it's Getting a Grip, where we talk about EOS and EOS tools and living the EOS life. My guest this week is Aaron Bowden president of a fantastic company in mid-Michigan, based in mid-Michigan, called Ames Call Center, and they serve clients all over the U.S. and do a phenomenal job. I know from personal experience and also many businesses that I work with would attest to that as well. They run on EOS, and Aaron, we talked in the last couple of segments about EOS, how you discovered it, how it got implemented at your company. In EOS, there are defined roles, so you take a lot of time to define the roles and the right structure for the business, and find the right person for the right seat based on what they love to do, what they're great at, and what they have the ability to do. Your role at Ames is the visionary. So the visionary is the person who has big ideas, who's thinking about what are we missing? Where are the gaps? You know, What do we need to solve? What are we not paying attention to? We should be paying attention to. Not in the trees, looking at the forest. Was that an adjustment for you? Because previous to that, you probably had your hands in everything, right? Yeah, that is 100% correct. And, you know, again, letting go of the vine is something I know we'll talk about here in a bit or I'd like to talk about. But, yeah, yeah I mean, I think my role as a visionary, I mean, really, it's what's the next curve? What's the big idea? I mean, that's going to help our team and our customers. I mean, if we solve for helping our customers win. I mean, that's our purpose and core passion is to make a difference in our client's success. I mean, you know, what we do is so behind the scenes. I mean, we take a lot of pride in seeing our customers win. So, you know, my role as a visionary in our company is, you know, what new technologies can we leverage to help our customers, you know, succeed? Yeah. You know, and this technology could be front facing or, you know, a lot of times it's behind the scenes yeah. in our industry. I mean, we've, consistently embraced change in our industry over the years. I mean, technology was supposed to kill us off with the advent of call forwarding and answering machines and cell phones. 
right. and things like that. And, you know, now I'm heavily, you know, focused on data integration with our clients. So how do we meet the customer where they're at in terms of their expectations are, I don't want an email. I want that lead in Salesforce, or I want it over here, or, you know, I want you scheduling in our system. Mm-hmm. So looking at that and then, you know, the freedom to really explore, you know, my project that I'm working on now is something without letting the cat out of the bag just yet, but an AI driven offering or yeah. that we feel is really going to transform our space, our business and help our customers and our team. So that's been extraordinarily exciting. And so, you know, it's the freedom to Explore what's next. And I mean, that's so helpful because otherwise, if you're not growing, you're dying in terms of, and it doesn't have to be like the sales dollars always growing is great, but you know, it's like the value of what you provide to customers always has to be growing. If you solve for the customer, everything else, you know, falls in line. So that's, you know, there's such a true statement. And what's interesting about the way you're describing the role. And if you're a listener out there and you're not familiar with the U.S., you're probably thinking, well, how does the president or the CEO do that? And things continue to get done correctly. Well, there's a role called integrator. And that person works with the CEO and they take on the day to day and they work in the weeds and they keep the trains running on time and they keep people accountable. And that frees the visionary up to do all the things Aaron just described, but it's not an easy transition. So you, like me, prior to EOS, did both. You're running things, you're trying to be visionary, trying to think of things like how do we use AI to enhance our service offerings? What are we missing? And I'm curious because my experience was they call it letting go of the vine. Once I let my integrator truly integrate and I was able to breathe and step back, my mind cleared up. And I saw the business more clearly and I could see where we needed to improve and things that needed to be changed in a way I never saw it when I was in it. I was too close to it. Is that what you experienced? Absolutely. I mean, I think that's the entrepreneurial curse is, you know, for me, you know, I'd have difficulty letting go of the vine, right? And thankfully, you know, our integrator, Lori, she's amazing at, you know, keeping things on track, like you mentioned. But, you know, and every year in our annual planning, we have, you know, what's our one thing for the year? So, you know, and we keep it on these little cards. So mine is in 2023, I commit to trusting our processes, asking the hard questions, listen with curiosity for the greater good of this team. So, and again, it's a visual reminder that I keep in front of me to, you know, don't grab that vine, just, you know, you let it go of it, don't pick it back up. And it's an ongoing thing, right? So, and then we're out of time in this segment, but as visionaries, we have to continually strive to trust and let go and not dive in. Not that we're not involved, but we got to trust our folks, trust our integrator. So, I appreciate bringing that up. That's a great description. And man, time goes fast in these segments. We're out of time. We've got commercials to get to. We're going to come back after this. And we are on Getting a Grip on the Michigan Business Network. Do a double take. See me on fire. See that I can break. Knew I'd be great. Knew I would rise through all of the pain. Growing your business requires you to stay up to date in many areas. Foster Swift's Legal Impact Hour on Fridays provides the latest information on legal topics impacting Michigan businesses, from contracts to employment issues to health care to litigation. Listen to attorneys and business owners discuss the practical side of adhering to the laws that impact your day-to-day operations. That's Foster Swift's Legal Impact Hour, Fridays on MichiganBusinessNetwork.com or visit FosterSwift.com. 
Welcome back, everybody, to Getting a Grip on the Michigan Business Network. This show airs every Monday and repeatedly throughout the week. I'm somehow under the impression that it just airs every day. I know there's other programs on the Michigan Business Network, but I'm pretty sure that they're bumping those programs for Getting a Grip. I have no proof of that, and that's probably not true, but it's just the way I look at it. I'm Mike Maddox. I'm your host. I love talking about EOS. I love working in EOS. I love being an EOS implementer. And I love talking to my good friend and guest this week, Aaron Boten, who's the president of Ames Call Center. And we've talked about how Ames, Aaron, has been implemented at EOS, some of the difference that it's made. I want to get a little more granular now for folks listening and talk about specifically what are some of the things that have resonated with your team and with your company, some of the EOS items that have resonated. And for me, it always starts with vision. So I'd like to get your take on vision because Setting the vision is one of the foundational elements of EOS. It's the first foundational element and getting it followed by all. And the vision can be where are we headed in the next three to five years, five to 10 years, can be where are we headed this year, where are we headed this quarter, but where is it we're going and why are we going there? When you worked the implementation and as you work with your team, as it evolves, how has vision been a part of that? Yeah, as I shared earlier, you know, we did not have a common vision. And I think that even among you and your brothers. Absolutely. So how can anyone else in the organization know if we don't have a shared vision that we're all aligning? You know, we have a North Star for the business and for what we ascribe to be and who we are. It was transformational for us to get on the same page. And this is who we are. This is what we do. This is where we want to be. It's like, okay, this feels like we are, you know, no pun intended, but like we're making some traction here. We're really getting the flywheel going or whatever analogy you want to to use. But, you know, having that vision that is explained and shared and followed by everybody on the team, I think that's, you know, the success for winning and serving the customers and serving our team as employees. So we hit our 10-year target in year six. Wow. And I think in our first year of EOS, I mean, we got more done in one quarter than we did in the previous two years in terms yeah. of projects and rocks and things like that. So that gives those listening an idea. That's 100%. That's fairly common. Like I hear yeah. that a lot from companies running on EOS or clients that I've worked with. That, And we're not talking about companies that are not successful already. So, like, I don't want to leave listeners, if you're not familiar with the program, with the impression that these were fumbling, bumbling companies that were on death's door. And all of a sudden they got this system and they became these are successful companies that are profitable and growing already. They're just tired of the dysfunction, the frustration. You can't talk about vision without getting into your core focus as a business. And I want you to talk about that because that means a lot at Ames. And that's really, I think, for you all where the team began to see the vision and understand what it was that you're all about. So can you explain that? Yeah, absolutely, Mike. I mean, I think defining our core focus, that was foundational in getting the buy-in and the understanding of the team. And so I think saying no to opportunities that weren't in our core focus That drove the point home that, you know, it's not Aaron's crazy idea. He read a book and this is what we're doing now. This is like, oh, they mean what they say. Yeah. Yeah. So, and by saying no to opportunities that, you know, weren't a good fit for us or, you know, we don't enjoy, you know, doing a certain type of thing for a client. I think 
defining a laser focus on what our core focus is, it's been, I mean, I think that's a multiplier in terms of our strengths. It's like saying no is probably the best thing that we've done, but, you know, to business that just didn't make sense, wasn't in our core focus. And, you know, so much that even on our website now, we have a whole page, like when we're not a good fit for you. And I recommend any business to do that because why waste your team's time, your sales team's time, you know, let or folks the know. client's time. Well, that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Good point. I'm with you 100% on that. And I think there's so much power behind the ability to understand this is what we do. This is our purpose, cause, and our passion. This is how we do it. This is what our ideal client looks like. This is where we provide real value. And then for the potential client, even existing clients, and we went through this you know, with existing clients to say, are we really aligned? And what we found is that we had a lot of clients that we weren't. And it wasn't a surprise to them. I mean, they knew and we knew and somehow we just kept living with it. And but when we had that discussion, some of them said, yeah, we'd like to be aligned. We like your version of what you're describing. And we were able to make that correction. Others said, no, we're not really aligned. Our values and what we're looking for of the relationship is different than you. And we need to part ways professionally. And that was OK. But you're right. There's no more powerful statement to your staff than that. Thanks for sharing that. That was really powerful. Absolutely, Mike. And getting it bought and getting buy-in and followed by all. So we're coming back right after this to talk about more of the tools that have mattered at Ames and Ames' experience with the EOS, Entrepreneurial Operating System. Don't go away. You're listening to Getting a Grip on the Michigan Business Network. For something to grow, it takes time. Like the equity in your home. That's why LaughQ offers a home equity line of credit. Because frequent watering of your houseplants may be recommended. Now can we get a new roof? Not so much the rest of the house. Want the best rates for a home equity line of credit? Ask for LaughQ. Stop in today or go to LaughQ.com slash home equity. LaughQ, your credit union for life. Welcome back to Getting a Grip on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Mike Maddox, your host. I am with Aaron Bowden. Aaron is my guest. He is the president of Ames Call Center. He's been at Ames for 29 years, so he must have started when you were like five. <laughs> Let's go with that, Mike. Absolutely. Let's go with that, yeah. <laughs> and actually, you probably did, but you're not counting that in the 29 years. So That's right. 29 years running the business with a family business, a long history of doing great things for clients and adapting over time. And Aaron, you've talked about that throughout the podcast already about, you know, technology was going to put you guys out of business and your whole industry out of business with call forwarding and, you know, voicemail and all this stuff. And you keep adapting and you keep providing value and finding new ways. And we talked about the power of that in previous segments. I want to get into something else because it's an overlooked area of running an EOS type company. And it's one that is sorely needed by businesses of all sizes and often gets neglected. And that is good process. So how has that worked at Ames and how do you define good process? Sure. I think, you know, when we first started on EOS, defining our core process was, I mean, it was amazing that like, okay, that's why, you know, we define the whole core process for all the different departments in the company. 
and yeah, by so yeah, just, sales and yeah, marketing process, marketing, financial process, yeah, yeah, all those, all those things. And, you know, first of all, core process, that's a living document that is always going to evolve. We look at that every year in our annual planning, but starting at 1.0 version, that was amazing for those in, I think it really breaks down silos across departments because it's like, oh, well, that's why sales is doing this. And this is why operations needs that. And it really ties everything together as a team to understand, okay, this is like how our engines, you know, put together. This is what makes, you know, the car run, so to speak. So, you know, in the core process, I mean, it took us a while, like, okay, the first thing you default to is let's create a step-by-step, okay, do this, click here, open that, do that. You know, it's back up, back up 10,000 feet. You know, let's document the 80% of what we're doing. You know, it's not an instruction document. It's a, you know, overarching process of yeah. what we do to get the results we need in each area of our business. So yeah, by you defining know, that, yeah, it's that been point, great. Aaron, when I talk about core process with clients, what they usually envision is a 200 page SOP that nobody ever reads. And I'm guilty in my past of creating those and we file them and nobody ever looks at them, understands them. Core process to an EOS company, what I coach is it's the 20% of the things that get you 80% of the results. It's the big yes, items. Absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. and I guess and I had that flipped. About. I guess I had that flipped. Yeah. It is a 20% that does the 80%. Exactly. And yeah, I think really, and I think it's important for everybody to know this is a living document. This is how you get better. You refine these processes and you you can start to really, by having it defined, then you can start connecting the dots when you run into headwinds or like a challenge. Like, okay, we see some inefficiencies here and this is why, and this is where we need to tweak the process or let's IDS this issue and how does that tie back to our process and do we need to refine that? So as part of our annual, we always look at the core process, but if there's something in the, whenever we can say a timeout, we'll go through and dig into the process and evaluate it. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's fair game, right? I mean, that's part of the transparency that gets created Mm -hmm. is just because you have a core process document written, let's say your sales process. If it's not working and the root of it is, well, in our process, we say this and that doesn't work. Well, then you can IDS, identify, discuss and solve that and change the core process. The other thing that's interesting about core process, and I'm interested in your take on this is, you know, I've always said that if you have a core process, anybody that touches any part of that process, even a small part, has to be trained on the entire core process. And the reason I believe that you started to talk about this, it gives others a complete understanding of why we do it this way. Because often people in one department don't understand why sales does things the way they do, or sales doesn't understand why customer support does things the way they do. Once they are trained on the whole thing, they're like, oh, okay, I get that now. Right, exactly. I couldn't agree more. I mean, foundationally, like everybody in our organization is trained on taking calls. So foundationally, let's start there. And then, you know, we go through the core process of every department with, you know, one another. And I could not agree with you more. It's like not having these core processes. I mean, we were a ship without a rudder. I mean, honestly, is a good way to put it. I mean, yeah, we're going to float. We're going to get across the lake. Eventually, the wind's going to get us there. But, you know, let's get there faster to reach our goals 
with these processes as a rudder. So, and without that, you get divisions and you get people making assumptions. And you know, I have a good friend, actually somebody you know as well, who's worked with me for many years, who says we judge others based on their actions. We judge ourselves based on our intentions, right? So we can always look at what other divisions are doing and find faults. But when we look at ourselves, we're always looking at, well, my intentions were good, right? There's a human tendency to do that. But when they understand the context of what others are working in and why they're doing things the way they're doing it, it creates a little more empathy and it ends that kind of guessing and backbiting and interdivisional fighting that just sucks energy out of the company. Absolutely. It definitely is a stress reducer. And, you know, I think anybody joining the organization, it brings everybody up to speed much faster and allows people to connect the dots and understand the organization much quicker than they would just being, you know, osmosis. Without that, yeah. We'll be right back after this. That's a great point. And we're going to follow up on that when we get back from the break. We've got commercials to get to, and we're coming back and getting a grip on the Michigan Business Network. Physicians Health Plan is local. For 35 years, we've been a part of your community, and we take pride in helping you get the coverage, care, and personal service you deserve. Go to phpmichigan.com for more information. We're the health plan that works for you. Welcome back to Getting Your Grip on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Mike Maddox. We talk about EOS on this program and what it means for businesses and how it can create health. It can create traction. It can get everyone aligned on the same vision. And Ames, a Michigan-based company, is a great example of where EOS has done just that. And Aaron, you have shared so much on this podcast about how it's worked in your company and the difference it's made. I want to ask you a little bit about the implementation of it, because implementation of EOS, if you're new to EOS, is not immediate. It takes time. It typically takes, on average, somewhere around two years to graduate, but it's an ongoing thing, too. But it's not a quick fix. It involves change. It involves commitment. It involves a lot of things. It's an incredibly simple program, but it involves work. How was your implementation process, and did you use an implementer? Talk to us about that. Sure. As I'd mentioned earlier, Mike, we're a family business. So, you know, I'm in business with my two brothers. And so that brings a dynamic to it where you have the family and then you have the business. And I'm blessed that my brothers were all talented in different areas. And, you know, we have never bumped heads, but I knew that we would not be able to be successful in this because, you know, I think we're going to make some assumptions. And that was validated. So we did work with an implementer. And in the vision days, you know, vision building days that we were offsite, you know, getting into this and then, you know, defining who we are and who we want to be. And, you know, there was a point, you know, that was made by our implementer. He said, Aaron, you're not hearing what Andy was saying to me. And I'm like, well, yeah, he said this. No, you're not hearing the intention of what he is saying. And so that's where it hit me. Like we would have never gotten to me actually hearing what he was saying. I made assumptions just because, you know, we grew up together, right? So, oh, I know what he's saying, but it wasn't. So that's really like that validated for me in that instant, like, okay, this is going to be great because they're going to get us to a spot that's uncomfortable, that's hard, but 
oh so rewarding when you get through it. And then that's the magic where you get through that, you have those breakthroughs that we wouldn't have been able to push ourselves, you know, I think to the extent that our implementer did. And so for us, we're so glad that we did. And actually, you know, we've been on EOS, gosh, I think we're in year eight now. And we actually have our implementer run our annual meeting because he's gotten to know our business. And it's nice to just have him come back, reset us. Certainly not needed. You don't have to, because like you say, you graduate, right? But I think, you know, we chose to go that route and we look forward to it. Yeah, I love that. The story of your implementer saying, Aaron, you're not hearing Mm -hmm. what Andy's saying. That's what good implementers do. And I don't want to leave the impression with our listeners that you cannot self-implement EOS. You can. In fact, EOS Worldwide has an entire program for self-implementation. I would just be cautious. And I like to say that of all the companies I've met, and I've met hundreds of companies running on EOS, some that I've worked directly with, others that I just know or were clients, clients in my former business, the only ones, and it's a small number, that would say, you know, we tried EOS, it didn't really work. When I start asking questions, 100% of those were self-implemented, and what they implemented wasn't really EOS, it was some version of it. And I have met many that self-implemented, and it was very successful, and it worked. But your example is perfect, Aaron, because those moments of high tension, high friction, the hard thing has to be said. The real stuff has to be put on the table and there's emotion attached and sometimes anger. And as an implementer now myself, I love those moments because that's when we're getting to the real heart and the root of the issue, right? And you work through it and you come out stronger. That's where the work is done. And I don't know, you know, how you do that on your own. Sometimes that's harder to do. Some companies can, but I couldn't have yeah. done it with businesses I've owned and you had the same experience. Exactly. Yep. Well, we got about a minute left, and I love to ask my guests, what is one of your favorite or your favorite song, poem, movie scene, inspirational quote, something that just motivates you and gets you going? Just share with our listeners. Do you have one? You know, I have a quote, so I won't even try to sing for you or anyone. <laughs> anyone Thank you. I wasn't was watching, you but there's no limit to the amount of good you can do if you don't care who gets the credit. Oh, that's man. by President that. Ronald Reagan. Love that. You know, I've heard the quote. I never knew it was by President Reagan, Mm -hmm. but absolutely love that quote. And I tell our listeners we're out of time, but I'll tell you from personal experience, Aaron is a guy who lives that quote and Ames is a company that believes in that and can serve you well. If folks listening would like to get a hold of you at Ames, what's the website? So it's AmesCallCenter.com and Ames is spelled A-M-B as in boy S. So ambscallcenter.com. Thanks, Aaron, for being on the program and sharing all of your insight with us. And thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Getting a Grip on the Michigan Business Network. We will catch you on the flip side.